0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the On Repeat podcast. This is Evan K. Hope you're having a fantastic Monday afternoon. I wanted to try this. So this I'm considering kind of throwing these in and out uh, periodically through the seasons. And depending on if this goes well and if you like it and if you guys want this to be a thing, uh, then we'll make it a thing. I just wanted to firstly uh, thank all of you for your support on Kaylin's episode last week. A uh, couple people have told me that out of all the guests that I've been trying to get on the show so far, people were most excited to have Kaylin on because she's the one that a lot of like my music friends know the least about. I think I said that right. Anyway, it, it blew my mind that all of you are digging it. So maybe we'll do like a topic-based episode uh, with Kalen and I. And let me know. DM me uh, at the on repeat Pod at Evan K-H-A-Y, if that's something you want us to do. Anyway, today we're doing a q and I had reached out on Instagram, uh, on my Instagram and on the show Instagram, to get some questions to answer. Now, I saw all the questions that came in. I don't know which ones got chosen. I think we have like 20, 25-ish questions. So uh, we're going to rapid fire through them. And uh, yeah, let's hit the intro. Let's do this. Uh I thought that this was going to be really, really lame uh for me reading the questions myself. So I called in a favor and uh all the way from the other side of my studio loft, Kaylin's back. Hi babe. Hi. Hi, thank you for doing this. Of course. And uh thank you for walking fifteen feet from your desk to my desk. <laughs> to do this
1: anytime
0: so so let's just talk briefly about what's going to happen um i there's a bunch of questions on my computer i don't know which ones made the final cut so these questions are all new to me so um don't tell me who who sent them in but uh because i think i may have already have an answer if i know who sent it in and uh mix them up do whatever you need to do and uh we'll get through as many as we can as quick as we can hit me with the first question
1: all right question number one what is your favorite shoe brand
0: oh steve madden absolutely um And I I know who sent in this question, and I know that she knows that my favorite shoe brand is Steve Madden. I'm looking over at the wall, and I see at least eight pairs of Steve Madden shoes. Yes, at least. Yeah, Steve Madden, absolutely. Every time I fly to L.A. um, or New York, every time I'm on tour, ever, I buy a pair of Steve Madden shoes. I'm awful. I hear people rolling their eyes. Okay, next.
1: All right. What are your, what are five things you can't live without?
0: Oh God. Um. My guitar, my phone, my computer. Um, Kalyn's pointing at herself, going, "Me, <laughs> yes." Um, and. Oh my god. Oh. A decent pair of headphones. That's that's 5.
1: That's a good one.
0: I I need I need headphones for life. Like every time I fly, I always have to have a pair of headphones or else it it ruins the entire trip for me. Having to buy like $3 headphones on the plane that don't even work. It's awful. So I always have either my 19, or sorry, 64 audio, uh, A6s, my custom in-ears, I have my AirPods, or I have my Audio-Technica cans. So one of those three I always have on me. Next. Go for it.
1: Who is your celebrity crush?
0: Oh, God. I don't want to look at you while I say this out loud. No, No. Uh... Mm. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. Mila Kunis. Okay, there. Next.
1: Oh, I like her too. Next. <laughs> She's good looking. Move on. She's Next. very good looking. All right. Four. How did you actually decide to start doing this podcast, and to what end?
0: Oh yes. Um, I wanted to do something in the off season, in between touring and. Studio time um, after after we wrapped the Black Denim tour for DeAndre earlier this year, I found myself with very very little creative outlet, and I was kind of burnt out from doing music and writing new stuff. So I wanted to do something that was still creative and still um, insightful and also just in complete honesty. I was going through a pretty down time and the podcast started as a way for me to still be creative, still do things that I love doing, but also force myself to talk to people because I very seldom talk to people. So... It, it was an excuse for me to hang out with people, but also get to learn about my friends and do this whole creative thing that is now affecting people all over the place. So, and to to what end? Honestly, whenever I feel like it, whenever the schedule picks back up again um, is when I'll probably stop. Uh, I know that um, probably... There, there are probably going to be maybe three or four more episodes in this season before we take a break for the holidays. But um, yeah, whenever I feel like stopping is when the show is going to stop. So I hope that answers your question.
1: All right, next question. What's your favorite thing to play on the guitar?
0: Oh, my God. Favorite thing to play on guitar. I love a good Stop This Train uh, John Mayer song just because it, is, uh, it was one of the first songs I learned how to play, and I stopped playing it because I started playing with people that play it better than me, and then now I'm picking it back up again and realized why I loved playing that song so much, um, and it's also a good, uh, a good way to split your brain will say because you can't focus too much on your hands or else you're going to mess up your melody and you can't focus too much on your melody and your words or else you're going to mess up your hands so it's a nice way to practice that uh what is it practice that kind of autopilot uh committing things to memory having things being second nature so that song edge of desire um both of those songs are actually really good for that so
1: Alright, next one. Favorite guitar pedal or pedal you want in the future?
0: Oh my god, I know he he asked me this question. Um, Okay, favorite guitar pedal. Uh, It's discontinued now, but I love it. I've had it on my rig for years and it's the Zoom multi-stomp. The Zoom, I believe I have the MS-100BT, that's the Bluetooth version. Uh, They discontinued the Bluetooth one, but they still have the MS-50G. And that is my favorite pedal to have because it is a multi-effect, but it's the size of a regular, like, boss pedal. And every chance I get, I get people on that bandwagon because it has helped me. And it's nice because I can save my presets for all the different guitars I have because each guitar has a different EQ preset. So I'm actually able to take that pedal and drum, uh, drop it onto my different pedal boards depending on what guitar I'm playing for that gig. And it kind of just works, uh, covers all my bases. A uh, favorite pedal that I want to get? Um, anything from Strymon. Any of the delay, any of the, the fancy things with the little like LED screen. Um, actually, that and the uh, the helix. I love I love the helix, the line six helix. Uh, maybe once I start doing more electric guitar gigs, I'll probably pick that up. But those two.
1: All right. What is your go-to karaoke song?
0: Oh God. Um, see, I I don't like singing karaoke that much. Because I, the, the entertaining part of it for me is singing karaoke badly. So I need to be drunk out of my face to sing karaoke. To and enjoy it. To, to have other people enjoy me. Oh. Or else that's just me singing a gig. That's true. So That's very um, true. <laughs> so I will, say, I will say my favorite song... To sing is probably it's gonna be me by in sync. Because when I'm super drunk, I do the uh what is that? It's gonna be me. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> You're obsessed but with them though. I am. I've been. I have two NSYNC in sync shirts and I found one at Target, but it was in a woman's it was in the women's section and I was almost gonna buy it.
1: Oh my god. That would have been really funny.
0: I, I would have. I've been binge watching Queer Eye and they're like, you can wear women's clothes. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, I can't.
1: <laughs> Maybe not this Maybe time. Maybe not
0: this time around. Go, <laughs> go for the next one.
1: All right. What makes a good song to you?
0: Ooh, what makes a good song? For me, what makes a good song is the one having a part of the song stuck in your brain, Um, having either the melody or the guitar riff, something that's memorable enough that you start singing it or whistling it or humming it out of nowhere. For me, that's a good song. Um, And, but also I would say, I would say they're equal on two separate planes. Uh, the other part that for me that makes a very good song is the emotional connection because if I can't relate to it and if I can't connect to the song, I'm not going to like the song. So um, like a lot of my favorite songs are songs that I have an emotional connection to because that song came at a pivotal point in my life. Like, uh, it's so random thunder by boys, like girls. I think that's the name of the band. Um, I cry every time I hear that song because of the emotional connection I have to the memory. The song was a part of, like that song was playing while something happened. And because I remember what happened when I hear the song, it triggers me back to that moment. I get emotional over the song. And because the song enhanced that moment, I feel a stronger connection to the song than if I were to hear it standing alone. With that said, uh, that's not always the case for me. Um, There are songs where I... I hear it because it makes me feel a certain way, um, because it is something that I is on my mind, that I want to say, but can't. The um, list goes on and on and on, but overall theme is human connection, human relatability, emotional connection. And yeah, for me, that, coupled with the uh the earworms. As they're called, uh, for me, makes a great song.
1: All right, next one, what is your creative process?
0: Oh God, I could spend a whole hour talking about this i I will try my best. Um, it starts it starts in my phone in either my notes or my voice memos. Um, and then one day if I have that much of an arrangement flushed out, I'll go sit at my studio desk and push out like an instrumental. Uh, for me, I I normally start with the music first. And then I center the melody and the lyrics around the instrumentation. And I like it that way because the, for me, the, the core of the music of my music is the musicianship and it's the instrumentation and the arrangement, uh, because I'm, I'm a musician before a singer. I will say that all the time. And because that's the musicianship is where my strong suit is. That's the most prior, that's the highest priority part of the song for me. So I'll map out the instrumental and then start writing to it. Uh, I think I said this in the Lena episode. Um, I'll top line to the song and then I'll kind of find where they overlap and make it all pretty. And that usually takes a couple of days because I am always, I'll go back and listen and then I'll like it. And then the next day I won't like it. So then I'll fix it and then I'll go listen to it. And I'm like, no, just put it back the way it was. You're just stupid and overthinking. So that's, that's a lot of the creative process.
1: Awesome. When did you start writing songs?
0: Oh God. Um, I started writing songs. I was probably, I was probably in the eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. Um, yeah, that was probably when because I was I was listening to a lot of uh I was listening to a lot of the John Mayer Battle Studies album to um to the Jonas Brothers a little bit longer album because that like that album in particular was connecting with a lot of kids my age at that time when it came out. So, I was listening through it and trying to dissect like the subject matter, how the melody goes, and then the chord progressions and all that stuff. And I started reverse engineering those songs. And my songs weren't great at all. Um, I would have, like, little lines and stuff. Um, but I never really started making full-length songs until I was maybe maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school. Thanks to Bailey Matsuda and the Kamehameha Schools Music and Technology course, Um, and then that's where I wrote. I wrote a couple songs. I wrote "Princess" out of that class, Um, the song that I played uh, for you, and (laughs) that that was like the that caught you, and she's now stuck with me because I wrote her a song. So, just real quick, just. Heads up, guys, if you can write a song, write a good song for a girl, because it worked for me. Um, but yeah, and so I probably started honing it all in kind of early high school.
1: Starting early then, which is I, good.
0: Yeah, I, I lucked out by having really good mentors from a really young age. Yeah. And That's super important. Yeah, I mean, I... I got my first taste of music when I was 6 and I remember playing uh, happy birthday in kindergarten for like uh is for like the the teaching assistant student teacher I think That's is what cute. they called it and That's really cute. and uh yeah learned Learned how to read sheet music in elementary school. Learned how to play drums, like marching snare and drum set. Uh, Learned violin, piano, saxophone. I'm missing a couple. Uh, Xylophone, marimba, all those percussion stuff. I learned up until... uh, I learned my entire elementary school life. I learned all of those before I went to middle school. So um, it helped that I was so immersed in it from such a young age, because I feel like I I would be nowhere near where I am now if it wasn't for learning all of those music and all of those principles from when I was six, seven, eight. Nice. All right,
1: what was the last CD you purchased? (laughs) <laughs> I think I know the answer to
0: this. Oh no. I think. I'm I not think sure. you do.
1: And this band is currently on tour, correct? It's
0: current they're they are currently on tour at time of recording in Mexico because I follow them on social media very uh a lot. I follow them very much. So
1: Again, obsessed.
0: <laughs> Stop it. Um Nothing
1: wrong with that. No,
0: they're uh, the, the the last CD I bought was the Jonas Brothers Chasing Happiness soundtrack yes. from Amazon Prime. I bought it for one song.
1: It's a good album. It, it's mean, a
0: good album and it's a good documentary. The
1: Jonas Brothers has definitely evolved.
0: Yeah, I, I thank their, new comeback, <laughs> I think their new comeback. I thank their new comeback for allowing me the privilege of unashamedly singing Jonas Brothers songs at gigs. Um, but, yeah, so the documentary came out.
1: That was so good. I think we watched it, what, three times I watched already? it three times the Four day times? it came out. Okay. Um, so I must have watched it. I got it.
0: Amazon Prime on my phone. No, um, oh, yeah. The Amazon video on my phone. Just so I could watch the, the thing on my phone. But, anyway, they came out. The, the ending credits has a song called Jersey, which they unreleased. And then when I found out that it was going on the physical CD... I needed it and just without thinking twice bought the CD and forgot that I bought the CD because it was probably like 1230 in the morning when I bought it.
1: So when it Showed arrived, you when it like, arrived, oh, it I forgot surprise. that I
0: bought it and it was a li- nice little surprise.
1: It's a um, really good album though. And
0: it is though, even
1: the design of it. Oh yeah. Elevated.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And they're all married. And now. whenever,
0: whenever their memoir comes out, best believe I'm buying that too. Uh, but I'm trying to remember if I bought anything else after that. That's the only one I remember, I so think, that must yeah. be it.
1: I think that was the most recent one.
0: Yeah. There's there's a lot of, like, there's all of John Mayer's CDs. There's the NSYNC CDs. There's, uh, which other random CDs do I have in there? Um, Oh, I have Bo Burnham's Words, Words, Words stand-up show on CD in there. That's a random little nugget of info about me. Um, Yeah, anyway, next question. I'm rambling. Go. Who
1: is your favorite band?
0: Favorite band? Oh, God. I like how they said band because whoever asked this knew what I would say if it was favorite artist. Um, Favorite band right now? I'm not going to say Jonas Brothers. I'm not going to say NSYNC, even though it is definitely both of them. I'm going to say Five Seconds of Summer as a band right now. Um, I'm also going to say I'm also going to say The 1975. And Oh my gosh. There was one more, and I'm blanking on it. Oh, I'm just gonna say it. Shout out because I saw today that they're releasing new music soon. Uh, Money Cat, Kato 8 and uh, and Colette. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Congratulations to them. Shout
0: out to them if they're listening.
1: Alright, we're getting into some good questions. Okay, now.
0: go f- go for it. I'm how nervous. Do you,
1: how do you measure success in your career personally?
0: Oh God. How do I How do I measure success? God. That's the question. Um yep. I measure success by it sounds so it sounds so messed up coming out of my mouth. I there are when I play a show there are certain people in the room that I look at. And uh, if, if they are having a good time, that means that I did my job. Um, And uh, I measure my success by, for me it's the little things like, I got a DM out of the blue once, somebody had said that they had loved, uh, loved the music uh, from Retrograde, and there was one song in particular that they really, really liked, and it was Bring You Back. And for those of you that know that song, you know what the song's about. And I had the most random request to sing that song at a wedding. Like they had requested me to sing that song, as the bride is walking down the aisle, and I, I was like, okay, first of all, th- no. Explain yourself, and and she had said, you know, we saw you at the Blue Note, and my husband, at boyfriend at the time, were fighting. When we went to the show, we had bought tickets to see you. We were fighting and we almost weren't going to go, but we went. And then you played that song. We both cried. And it was after that we decided to get married. So that song. Not, I, I'm not going to claim that that song fixed there, but they, they made up because they both had an emotional attachment to that song.
1: Oh, that's sweet.
0: And as I was like, okay, fair, fair, that argument. Yeah. All right. So I sang Bring You Back for this girl as she walked down the aisle. And uh, again, going back to the emotional connection from a couple questions earlier, um, for me, those are the things that are, to me, mean success, that someone had a connection with the song. Um, and if I made one person's life better, or, you know, started a conversation or resolved an issue, um, then I did my job. All
1: right, next one. How much does personal and professional validation play a part in your life? It's uh, uh, a very, uh, very lengthy question. Uh, there. Oh
0: God, validation. I. I hate I hate that word, because that word that word triggers a little too hard. Um, I I don't I don't want to speak for all creatives, but um, for me, my entire creative life was based around getting people to like me. I started music and I kind of fell deep into music because. I knew I wasn't gonna be the most popular kid. I n- knew I wasn't gonna be like the top athlete. I knew I wasn't gonna to be top of the class. So I was like, okay, maybe people will like me if I'm at least a halfway decent entertainer. Still didn't work. And you know, I fell into music because I, I realized that it was, one of the only things that I was good at at the time. and But validation for me is really the stop-go of my life. And it, it shouldn't be as big of a thing. Um, I I charge any creative that's listening to this, do not give a shit when somebody tries to, you know, put in their two cents to what you're doing. Take in the opinions from people that you trust, but if somebody doesn't, if someone you don't know doesn't like your stuff, screw them.
1: Like, the, like a random person in the mall
0: Yeah, that just
1: comes up to you and shares whatever's on his mind, and you're like, okay. Yeah,
0: if I'm playing oh. at the mall and somebody comes up to me and says says, uh I think you're awful and I know that he's just upset that the music's his too the music is too loud, I'm gonna let that slide. Mm -hmm. But if somebody in my inner circle comes and says, Hey, you messed up. Like this isn't this isn't good. Um this song needs to be fixed, this needs to be rebranded, this needs to be this, and this needs to be that. I'm going to take that because I trust that person's opinion to look mm-hmm. out for my well-being. Yeah. Um, but validation should not be a thing, and I am I am sick with myself that validation is such an important thing to me when it doesn't need to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Does
0: that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, I and and for for those of you that know me well and are hearing this, you're like, "Oh yeah." And it's uh it's it's a shame that we all live our lives in a way that like for me validation is parallel to comparison.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i'm validated when people praise you yeah yeah and the way that people praise you is by like the way that i i feel that people i guess share their praise especially on social media when i'm like oh so and so has this many followers but i only have this much and this is this and i'm i'm already like kind of putting myself in a corner because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to conspiracy theory all of these dots together that just need to be left alone.
1: Yeah. As you said, don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. And it's, again, it's a shame that validation is so, is so uh, present in this technology, social media culture, you know, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and... Like I, I had to turn off my notifications on all of my social media because if I if I looked at my photo and realized it's like, oh, I only have I only have two hundred likes on this photo or on this video of me playing guitar, but on this person's Instagram, they have six hundred likes. And I'm like, Yeah, but you're also comparing your two thousand you're like nineteen something. To their like 15,000. So mm-hmm. how about you just stop yeah. and just keep doing what you're doing because that growth is coming. Yeah. And I understand that I'm saying this knowing that I'm saying this for myself to hear later. Yeah. So. Don't worry. Rant no worries. over. Next question, please.
1: Okay. What is the one thing that no one knows about you growing up?
0: Ooh. Um, okay, I think I know what this question means. Um, uh, I was a big fan of Blue's Clues growing up as a kid. Uh, and, and I mean like, I had the shirts, I had the notebook, I had a chair in my house. Uh, my, my mom used to always tell me that she would take me to Walmart. And as we're walking into Walmart, um, you know, like when, uh, when we walk through the threshold of the automatic door at the front of, of Walmart, I would stop my whole family and skidoo through the threshold into the store. Why am I saying this? I
1: don't know. You and can edit this out if you no, want.
0: And no, it's gonna stay in.
1: It's cute.
0: And 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 You
1: were what, like three?
0: No. Four? I was uh No, probably. I was like three or four.
1: Between I think that, three that stopped, and five stopped at five. Okay, that's good.
0: Because I stopped skidooing when I went to preschool, as far as I know. But no, there was also there Just was did also it at
1: preschool to impress I, everyone.
0: No. Hey guys, no, look what, what I, I, can I do. What I did at preschool was uh, was my one of my classmates' dads was a dance instructor, and he has a studio. I think he still has the studio uh, out in Waipahu, and he would teach. He taught our class uh, the the choreography to "Bye Bye Bye" by In Sync. Now, keep in mind, if you heard maybe like ten minutes ago. I'm an Instinct stan, I think is what they call him. I don't know. I was a huge fan of Instinct growing up as a kid. So you best believe I already knew the dance when he taught us the dance. Now, this is, this is like, what, 99, 2000. So the song was super popular. We did a presentation for the, for the class. And the, the teacher only taught up to the end of the first chorus. But here's the thing. I was one of the tall kids, so they put me in the back but I knew the whole song. So by the time the everyone else stopped dancing, I knew the rest of the choreography. So I pushed my way through the entire preschool class up to the front and danced the rest of the song myself. <laughs>
1: I need to see this. I have yet to There's see There's a
0: VHS at my grandmother's I have yet house.
1: You see this video, like a uh, full video. I remember seeing clips of it,
0: but Yeah. I got I got to stop. Cute. I got to stop saying that people can find these things cuz when I had said on Lena's episode about the Love 42 song, Lena had sent me a screenshot saying someone had commented on the video saying that they found it after listening to the podcast. Um I'm blanking on your name. I want to say it's Genesis. If it's not, I'm so sorry. I'm going off of memory. But whoever had found the video to comment to Lena's uh, YouTube page, I did see that comment. Thank you for going hunting for that. Um, and uh, also, the f- growing up, I was always like a Nickelodeon fan. This is the thing that I wanted to say at the beginning. Uh, there was this station, uh, a part of the Nick family called Nick Gas. Now, for people around my age, a little older than me, you probably remember Nick Gass. That was Nick Games and Sports. I think it was the name of the station. But they had, like, Double Dare, Figure It Out, uh, Keenan and Kel. And I was a huge fan of this show called Legends of the Hidden Temple. To the extent that I would have my siblings hide stuff in the house and i would make like
1: you're on a hunt
0: i was on a treasure hunt looking for this thing if you know the show you know exactly what i'm talking about but uh my sister casey i want to say it was last year bought me she found a board game of legends of the hidden temple and it's freaking hilarious i played it uh But I can't play it by myself, so that's why it doesn't get played much. But, yeah, I was a big Nickelodeon games and sports fan. Uh, Loved the the Nick slime was the coolest shit. Uh, But also the uh, I always one of my bucket list things as a kid was to be on one of those shows. And then I realized I was freaking insane. (laughs) Anyway, next, please.
1: When did you know you wanted to make music a career?
0: Ooh. Um, again, I think it goes back to my time at Kamehameha because my music and technology class allowed me the privilege to meet a bunch of different people. Um, I'm going to name drop him because I'm not sure he's going to hear this and I think it's going to be okay. Uh, his name's Milan Bertosa. Uh, and he's a friend of my mentor, Bailey Matsuda. And at the time when I met him, he was the guy, uh, I believe, engineering for uh, Disney and Jake Shimabukuro. And when I I had went into one of his classes, uh, Bailey's classes, and... His uh, engineer friend Milan was there, and I started to just kind of just impromptu intern for them, like, go set this up, go run this preset, go do this, go do this. And they had told me after that class that if I just kept doing it, I could have a career in it, in whatever facet of music. And that was right around the time that I realized that I wanted to start producing and writing my own stuff. So that was kind of the last kick in the ass I needed to go into music. Uh, and just do it. Yeah, and just do it wholeheartedly. So I credit Milan and I credit Bailey for that.
1: Alright awesome. All righties. What do you respect the most about your fellow musicians?
0: Oh man, where do I start? I I respect I respect the musicians that care enough about their personal life to keep their personal life their priority. Um I respect I respect musicians that don't make money their number 1 thing. Although the reality of it is that fellow musicians in my context are also people that are part-time or full-time musicians. Mm -hmm. So money is an important thing, but Mm. when you're burning yourself at both ends just to make as much money as possible, that's where the issue is for me. Mm -hmm. So I respect people that have that boundary to, still keep their personal lives, their their priority, and um, take care of themselves. Have because- a, Have a good balance is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, and, and, and mainly, you know, we, we all need to take care of ourselves, but maybe the more important thing is we all need to take care of each other. And I've learned that very, I've, I've learned that the hard way recently like if over the past couple of months just yeah um we need to we need to look out for each other is also the thing just just as humans whether you're a creative or not you know granted being a creative has all of these different facets of life that um people that aren't in the creative world don't understand but you know we we need to we need to be able to look out for each other and and keep each other accountable, but also, um, you know, we need to n- be aware of when somebody's kind of, you know, hitting the guardrail, kind of falling off the tracks a little bit, because at the end of the day, we're all working together. I I hope from the bottom of my heart to make this um this music scene here in Hawaii wherever you are listening to this just better.
1: Awesome. When it comes to music, uh-huh. Do you have any pet peeves? Or anything having to do oh. with musicianship or relationships in the biz or?
0: Oh, yeah, I have a couple. Um, People that don't practice or choose not to practice. um, That's, that's a big one for me. People that don't want to learn. My, my pet peeve is when people talk a big talk and then not back it up.
1: Mm. You know? Yeah.
0: If, if, if you tell me that you are the hottest shit coming, prove like prove yourself essentially yeah if you're If your ego is bigger than your skill set, that is where my issue is. Mm.
1: Nice. What's the biggest problem you've you've had to overcome so far? Oh. And it can be, I guess, either personal or within your career that yeah. you've had so far. You can just pick in, one.
0: In both cases, yeah. myself.
1: Oh. You want to expand on that? Yeah.
0: Let's I expand. Love love That's to. Let's dig deep. Um, the, the biggest thing that I have needed to overcome, both personally and professionally, is my own self. Mm-hmm. It's my own, my own ego, my own anxiety, uh, my own depression, um, self worth. Um, I grew up in a culture of conditional love,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where you know you're only good when dot dot dot. Or I love you if dot, dot, dot. And so that's always been chasing me my entire life of going Mm. back to the validation thing of, you know, my music is only good. My music is only good when these people receive it. But also the, the underlying part of that is I, if my music is good. I am good. Mm -hmm. You know, if my music is bad, I am bad. Does that make, do you follow?
1: Yeah, totally. Like,
0: like I've always had this, I guess it also stems from the validation, but for me, if, if I don't feel like I'm successful, I'm not doing a good job at being a human being.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I've always had the problem of separating the art from the person, you know, separating the legal name from the stage name. And when when those things kind of blend together, it makes it really hard for me to justify like, you know, I, I've I've considered giving up music like once every two months this year already. Every time it comes around, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. This music thing's not worth it. Like nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about me. Like I'm, I'm just a crappy musician. Yeah. Like, uh, when, when I'll just be completely honest, the last tour I was on, nobody gave a crap about me after the show. I was packing up all my stuff and I've always been the the vict- I've always played the victim of the pity the pity uh compliment being oh you did such a great job oh and you too I was always the you too mm-hmm. and that would that would screw with me all the time to where it was It was a problem. Like, I... I've suffered depression and anxiety from just having to get over myself to get, you know, even retrograde out. I -hmm. didn't want to release it. Yeah. And because when I released it, the first thing I thought was, who the hell's going to care about this? Yeah. Nobody's going to give a shit. And... I was proven wrong, thankfully, thanks to all of you that are listening. Um yeah, I I th- I think for myself and I, I I think I can speak for a lot of people where the the hardest thing to get over is our own insecurities, just mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. And
1: no matter what profession Yeah you're just, in.
0: Just period, you know, the 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 thing that stops growth is insecurity for me. So I can't, I can't make a decision to take the next step forward if I'm insecure about which step I need to take. Mm-hmm. If I'm second guessing it, I'm gonna second guess and third guess and fourth guess till eventually I'm just gonna be like, you know what, I'm comfortable here, you know. I'm comfortable gigging five nights a week just in this little uh, this little loft i'm fine i don't need to do anything else screw the solo career screw the producing all that stuff i'm too scared to do it because who cares
1: yeah i think what it is too is you know, it's limiting beliefs
0: yeah yeah and it's like that's still an issue for me yeah like i'm sure
1: everyone can relate in their own own ways as yeah. you said
0: i mean you know, retrograde came out two years ago and people have been asking me, like, what else are you doing? And like at the beginning of this year, I had said that I was going to quit music and I meant it. And like after the tour, after the tours were done, I was going to throw it all away, like literally sell my stuff. Because I was so depressed that I didn't matter. That mm-hmm. it's, it literally stunted my growth as an artist. Yeah. So please ask the next question <laughs> okay. before I get too much in my feels. No. That was a really great question.
1: That was. Maybe we can do a full Absolutely. episode on that. Yeah. Just, what do you enjoy most? The most?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And least? Okay. About being a musician.
0: Oh, what do I enjoy the most? I enjoy... I enjoy the flexibility to do things that I love doing. Yeah. I enjoy the flexibility of traveling the world to play music and connect with people all over the world. Um, I... I love. I love people messaging me saying that they've connected with my songs on an emotional level. Um, I love. I love people coming to my gigs because they saw my video on Facebook or Instagram. Or YouTube, um, I—I'll say I hate the one thing I hate, and I've—I've I've went, I've been on—I've been on the soapbox about this once already on this show. The one thing that I hate as an artist is the stigma that being a creative is lesser than the rest of society um a lot of a lot of our extended family you know will crack jokes like oh it's 11 a.m that's early for you isn't it you're up early it's noon um or like oh i'm a musician Is that it? Like, that's all you do? It's like, oh, you don't have a regular job? I hate the word regular job, first of all. Yeah,
1: that got to be, that got to be. We got to change that. It's not regular.
0: Yeah, I'm going to call somebody and see if we can change regular job to a different thing. But, yeah, no, I hate the stigma that being a creative is less than the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. You know? And, uh. I I hate, um, uh, I, I have a love-hate relationship. I don't hate it. I just hate that I hate it, if that, if y'all are tracking. Um, that the vulnerability of music, like, um, Charlie Puth uh released Cheating on You is the name of the song I think and the at the, on the album cover and at the beginning of his music video it says this this story is not about me it's about it it's about a dream i had or something like that where it the the song was about you know i th- i think the chorus is every time i but every time I touch her, I feel like I'm cheating on you, or something like that. and you know i I hate that I hate that if I write a song that's not really how I feel, mm-hmm. that people immediately assume that I feel that way because I wrote the song. Yeah. you know if, if i write if I write a song about there, there are a lot of my songs that are about personal experiences, but for the songs that aren't about my personal experiences, and I just connected with the idea, I hate the fact that people just automatically assume that it's about um, that it's about uh, something that I something that happened in my life. Like, uh, if I wrote a song, like cheating on you. And even though it wasn't my song, like I didn't have a personal connection in my history to that song, people would come up to me most likely and go, is everything okay with you and Kalen? I'm like, yeah, it's great. But you just, you wrote a song about how you feel like you're cheating on her when you're with another girl. I'm like, you know, it's it's that stuff that I cannot stand. Let's just let the art be art, regardless of the context, and just let the songs live as they are without trying to connect them to stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Next one. Who inspired you to make music?
0: Oh, my mom, for sure. Um, I'll keep this short because a lot of people know this story already, but um, it, it was my mom, and when my mom passed... It kind of made, it made sense for me to honor her with Retrograde. Because Retrograde is the story of my life. It's a concept album about the story of my life. But in the middle of it is my mom. And if you have the courage and the emotional strength to listen to Dearest, the interlude on Retrograde, that is my mom's voice. And she is the reason why I decided to go full into music because out of everyone in the world that told me that I was living a pipe dream, she was the one that still let me go for it. So I'm grateful to my mom forever and for always for uh, never letting me give up on this dream. That's all I can say without crying. Yeah.
1: All right, next, what would you be doing right now if you weren't a musician?
0: Oh, super random, I'd be a math teacher. I, there were two things that I was good at in school and that was, uh, that was music and that was math. Really, music is audible math. When you think about it. note subdivision, music theory. theory. It's all math. It's all the audible version of math and science. That's basically it. So I was really great at math. And I was okay at science. I was better at math than I was at science. But both of those lended hands in music. And vice versa. I think because I was really good at music. I understood math better.
1: Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
0: So. um, I. I always loved math and I always loved problem solving. Like I have a book of puzzles that I do. Like I have puzzle games on my phone. That's what I do in my free time. I play fricking puzzle games. You guys, that is how much, that is how awful I am uh, as a human that my free time is spent doing homework on my phone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'd be a math teacher because also a lot of my really big mentors growing up were my math teachers.
1: Yeah. Awesome. All right, we got a few more questions left of the night.
0: Go for it. Of the night, just keep in mind, we're recording this at like one in the morning. <laughs> so that's where the night came from. Of this episode, from. I guess, Yeah, right? go for it.
1: Okay, we got it. four more. Which of your original songs were the easiest to write and which songs were the hardest?
0: Um, bring you back was the easiest already know was pretty, e- uh, already know was easy to write. It was difficult for me to want to record it. Um, I think the hardest song for me to write was, um, was, uh, probably save you. Mm. because I made it very obvious in the song who the song was about. And I was fearful that said person was going to figure it out. So um, it, it took a while to kind of get the song. I had the chorus all ready to go. It was more the verses, because... I, I was going back and forth of like, do I put in these little, like, these little clues or do I put, do I leave this lyric the way it is because this is like a, yeah. this is a thing. Or
1: do I try and hide it?
0: Do do I change it to be more ambiguous or do I just say screw it and just yeah. leave it direct? Let it all out. You know, and so that that was the one that I kind of had the most push and pull with. But for me, a lot of the songs came relatively quick. Like, Save You took the longest, and by the longest, I mean, like, two weeks. Um, All the songs I kind of had, I, I either had them in pieces and just put them together, or they just kind of, when I started writing, I did not stop, and then the song was done.
1: All right. So... Next one is, out of all your musical influences, whether they're a musician or a producer, Uh is there anyone out there that you would like to be mentored by? Or, and or, if you could spend a day with, who would it be and why?
0: Um, Oh, that's a a good question. I didn't think about that. I would love – I would love to be mentored by Ryan Tedder. Mm. Uh, Ryan Tedder, the lead singer of One Republic, the executive producer of One Republic. Um, he's written for Adele. Uh, he's written for Paul McCartney. He executive produced the Happiness Begins record from Jonas Brothers. Um, Probably him, because a lot of my songwriting kind of came from dissecting, like all the right moves and secrets and uh, good life and yeah. I I remember walking down. There's a there was a trail. I think they might have closed it off now. I'm scared to say this out loud. There was a trail that lets you walk through the campus, uh, w- without getting to the main without having to go through the main gate of Kamehameha. So as I would walk to like the Kamehameha shopping center, like the school terminal, um, I would be listening to One Republic and trying to emulate that in my songwriting. Mm-hmm. So definitely Ryan Tenor. Um I would love to Pharrell also. Just as a general thing, it's like I think just this year, last year alone, he did he did Ariana Grande's album, he did Justin Timberlake's album, um, he, the Man of the Woods album, and he n- always seems to have dope music, so probably be those two i could go on and on and on but definitely those two full episode guys yeah exactly
1: all these guys that you would want to learn from too i'm sure and work with exactly manifest it all right coming to an end Uh almost what advice do you have for aspiring musicians
0: oh um Practice all the time. Uh, Take care of yourself. And keep keep your mouth shut. And by that I mean um, live your life, focus on yourself and don't go and preach to the world about all of these things that you're doing Mm -hmm. because that will lead you down the road of seeking validation. And I respect people that keep their, not necessarily their work private, but keep their, their, uh, that don't publicize what they're doing uh, on a personal level, like on a personal growth level. Mm. Um, And focus on yourself, take care of yourself, but also practice. Like if you don't have time, wake up early, wake up another hour early so that you can practice guitar for half an hour. Um, And then... Make small goals for yourself, too.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, make small daily goals for yourself. And it's more important for the human brain to accomplish 10 small tasks than two big ones. Because the quantity or the demand of the task doesn't matter to the brain. You either completed 10 things or two things. hmm you know? it's um, good. So, for sure, that. Yeah.
1: All right. last question of the evening. Yep. When are you releasing new music? Do you have, like, a projected time frame of what that's going to look like?
0: Oh, God. See, the thing is, you know this answer. I do. Um... Oh, God, I'm so nervous. Um,
1: it doesn't have to be an exact date. You can do, like, the yeah, Taylor Swift I'm, I'm thing. Yeah, I'm keeping the date like, a oh, surprise. it's kind of like this time of the year.
0: I'm keeping the date a surprise, but it's coming in a couple of weeks. Oh, Alrighty. At time of recording this, and if you hear this the day that it comes out, it's coming in a couple of weeks, so you'll be hearing from me very soon. Awesome. Uh, is that all of them?
1: That's all. I love how done. you
0: saved that little pseudo announcement for the end. Um, yeah. I, I'm not going to say the date yet just uh, because don't. I'm not totally Keep sure. Keep it a surprise. Yeah. Within um,
1: the next, Did you say two to before three Before
0: Christmas. Really? I'll say before Alrighty. Christmas, new music is coming. And with that, that's the perfect uh, segue to close out the show. Um, thank you for indulging in this uh, Q&A episode. Thank you, babe, for, for uh, curating this talk, for uh, moderating this talk is what I was looking for. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll be back next week. It is a crazy week for me next week, so we might do one of these. We might take the break. I'm not sure yet. I'm figuring it out. But uh, I'm figuring it out as I go, but I hope you're enjoying everything that we're doing. So please feel free. I haven't said this in uh, previous shows, but please feel free to DM me uh, at the on repeat pod uh, and also... There is a link at the, should be in the episode description of this uh, episode. Hit me up if there are suggestions you have, people that you want to see or hear rather on the show. Um, I want this to be a show that you guys love listening to and love checking in on every single Monday. So with that said, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week.